Hello, welcome to another episode of Moms Need Wine and today we are discussing the weird confusing world of postpartum which is after you have just had a baby. It's not enough that you have a whole new tiny helpless human to take care of, you're also dealing with your body sort of being reborn again, everything hurts, you are in sleeping and everything seems like a mess honestly. I remember my first few months as a mom and as much as I would like my son to remain little, it's really not a time I want to go back to. So today I'm talking to my childhood friend Kasturi Patkar, a clinical psychologist and a mom herself about postpartum. Cassie has a master's in mental health and counseling from Adelphi University in New York and is a practicing therapist. And we are talking about postpartum depression today and our own experiences with it and I'm going to pick her brain for all the what's and the why so stay tuned. So hi Cassie so glad we are doing this. Um hello Yes, how do we start? Do you want to talk about your experiences and then we dig in a little bit into, you know, what are the signs and how can we be sure about this and, you know, what are the reasons, can we prevent it and etc. Do we take it that way? Yeah, Yeah, sure. So um, I just want to start off by saying that I had a great pregnancy. Um, It was like a natural high. I was like on a natural high for nine months straight. if anybody ever asked me what is the happiest time of your life, I would say while I was pregnant. <clears throat> I would just wake up happy for no reason. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was, it was pretty good. And uh, the moment I had the baby, I looked him in his eyes and I was like, oh, he's cute, he's adorable. But I did not get that overwhelming feelings of love that you see in movies. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's cute. He's nice. That, but that's it. And mm-hmm. then after they took him away to clean him up and everything, I just had this feeling of emptiness. Like, like right after. It was like quick. Mm-hmm. It, I can't quite explain the feeling, but it was just a hollow inside me. Um, it's, it's really hard to explain. And then the days following that, I had uncontrollable crying spells. Um, I suffered from extreme exhaustion and fatigue. I was not able to think clearly. It was like I was walking through a frog, like a fog in my brain. It was a feeling as if my life is going in slow motion. You know how you have those videos where you, where everything is in slow motion? Mm-hmm. It, my life felt that way. And I just, I just wanted to sleep and do nothing. And, uh, and that's the know, last thing you can actually do in the first few days after you have delivered. Right, right. Um, and and I was unable to bond with my baby because I just wasn't feeling anything. I just wasn't feeling anything at all. And, um, you know, there is immense pressure on breastfeeding uh, everywhere, even here in America. You know, there is a lot of pressure on breastfeeding. And then uh, my baby was unable to latch. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to breastfeed and I had to switch to formula in like a week or so. Mm-hmm. So that lead to like immense amount of mom guilt and this little, you know, little voice telling my head, oh, you're a bad mom. Uh, you're inadequate as a mother, which, you know, resulted in feelings of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, it just lasted for a month uh, after which the feelings subsided and I was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but two weeks, about two weeks after, you know, I had the baby, 
um, because I'm a psychologist myself, I did realize I was not in denial. I did realize that um, I was suffering from PPD. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I did was um, one of the perks of being a psychologist is that all your coworkers are psychologists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and these are bad standards of practice. So please don't use your friends as a therapist. But I did. <laughs> I used one of my friend. I, um, you know, called her often. I texted her once in a mm-hmm. while, and mm-hmm. um, she helped me a lot during this period. And thankfully, after a month or so, you know, I, I started feeling better, and mm-hmm. um, I bonded with my baby. I felt, you know, I felt normal for a lack of better word. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah that's my story <laughs> uh you know what is common between your story and mine is the whole breastfeeding aspect uh, mm-hmm. uh, so even i faced a lot of issues with breastfeeding and i get it when you're talking about there's so much pressure about you know how fed you know breastfed is the best uh, mm-hmm. you know, huge campaign around it right i think uh, a lot of that has got to do with the guilt that we feel so mm-hmm. um, um, i'll tell you the you first know, my first night home I was home for the first night and I remember Ari being latched on to me for five hours straight and he just wouldn't stop crying. The minute I took him home, he would cry and I would latch him on again. So I was crying with Ari all through the night. I just kept crying. I just didn't know what to do. And I think that night is when it started. Um, Mm. uh, And, you know, I was quite obsessed with the idea of not having postpartum depression because that's Mm -hmm. one thing again I had spoken to people about and I had read about and I was so Mm -hmm. obsessed with the idea of not having postpartum depression of you know not feeling uh, disconnected with my baby I think I went a little overboard and all that sort of snowballed into this big rage inside of me I think that's the night it started Mm -hmm. I was just always angry after that for the next few months I think easily three four months I was just always angry about anything you know something small could tick me off and um, a lot of us was also guilt I was feeling because I felt oh you know my body did wonderfully well in terms of carrying this pregnancy to full term about you know delivering naturally my body has a strength to do that but my mm-hmm. body is not capable of producing milk and it's it's a thought that I have grappled even this year to get over mm-hmm. and in fact uh, uh, you know in fact the strangest thoughts that I had that I was speaking to my friends about I Sometimes I used to think earlier this year when Ari was still around five, six months old, I used to think, oh, you know what, if I get pregnant right now, and if I have a baby in nine months, I can probably start breastfeeding again, and then Ari will have enough milk. You know, those <laughs> are the kind of thoughts that I had before I just snap it off and think, you know, Sneha, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> those are really the thoughts that I had, because am I depriving him of breast milk uh, because um, mm-hmm. I know breast milk is supposed to be the best for your baby it's customized for your baby by your body etc all right. of that mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but I know I don't know there is just so much pressure around it and I was so angry and mm-hmm. then you know of course I started him on formula and then I started relaxing a little bit but I carried that rage with me and I think it uh, it showed in almost all close relationships of mine uh, mm-hmm. you know with my mother and with my uh, husband and uh, mm-hmm. You know, it came out in bursts. It's not that I was always angry. Internally, I was always angry. And mm-hmm. there was so much crying. There was so much crying. You know, someone just had to say something. Uh, it was a small trigger. If someone saw me feeding with a bottle, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. someone said, oh, you've already started the bottle. That would be enough. I would oh, be yeah. crying entire <laughs> nights about it. So, uh, uh, 
you know cassie what i wanted to ask you was uh, you know because mm-hmm. you can give me a specialist uh, viewpoint that mm-hmm. only now when my head is cleared i think of it as you know and that's when i googled only now recently uh, after he turned around 9 10 months i started googling about different symptoms of postpartum because i was so obsessed with the idea of not being uh, depressed mm-hmm. after delivering a child that it never occurred to me that rage could be a part of it so mm-hmm. um how could i have uh, you know what are the signs what are the symptoms and how can you be sure whether you have postpartum depression or not that is one topic i think uh, i have still trouble understanding how could i have known back then mm-hmm. okay so first of all i just want to say that it can happen to anyone you know of course there are some people who are more susceptible to it than others which i you know uh, i'll talk about it in a minute but it can really happen to anyone and you cannot really control it if it's going to happen it's going to happen you can manage it by doing different things but you cannot control it now in your case when you talked about rage <clears throat> um anger in itself is not an emotion i know it sounds crazy so just bear with me um it in anger in itself is not an emotion it is a reaction to some emotion that you're experiencing so you might be feeling guilty you might be feeling inadequate you might be feeling underappreciated so the resulting feeling is the anger so it's it's more like a reaction than the feeling in itself um so it is it is externalizing your feelings rather than internalizing your feelings so when you're depressed you're kind of internalizing your feelings with anger you're externalizing it mm-hmm. so uh, you know it manifests differently in different people really um lot of women are more hesitant to talk about postpartum rage because it's just easier for them to say oh i'm sad or i'm anxious than say i'm really upset and i want to break something mm-hmm. so it's not often talked about but it is very much a symptom of postpartum depression now the stereotypical symptoms common symptoms are you know the sadness mm-hmm. crying spells um constant exhaustion and fatigue um you know changes in your sleep patterns insomnia or hypersomnia where you either don't sleep at all mm-hmm. or where you just sleep way too much mm-hmm. then there is changes in appetite where you either eat a lot or don't want to eat at all oh wow um, i identify with that uh, because um, you know what i used to do i used to order mm-hmm. food i used to order literally 1 kg of motishur laddu telling mom <laughs> that uh, no i'm not even exaggerating i used to order 1 kg of motishur laddu and i used to order a dozen rasgullas and i used to have it by myself i yeah i had comfort in food that's the only place i found comfort and you know i used to tell mom you know people are going to come meet me and the baby and you know the festive season is also around the corner you know we should have sweets and i used mm-hmm. to eat them all by myself Oh okay so yeah so you know things like that then you know um feelings of being a bad mother um you know unable to bond with the baby anxiety anger and you know in more severe cases it is accompanied by you know psychosis which is like you know hallucinations hearing voices seeing things or suicide or um uh, you know wanting to hurt the child but that is in more extreme and rare cases mm-hmm. um how do you know you have postpartum depression um i think that if you just don't feel yourself even if the symptoms are mild just talk to someone reach out to a professional um 
don't just google because google can always not always but google can often be misleading um so reach out to professionals seek help if you feel like you are not yourself seek out um 70% of women um who uh, you know who gave birth to a child suffer from what is called as baby blues and that is 70% and that is predominantly hormonal it's because of the hormonal changes you're going through some changes in your mind and body uh so you will have it but that only lasts for 2 weeks and that's why i said earlier that once you hit the 2 week period and you're still not feeling yourself you're most likely suffering from ppd mm-hmm. so yeah so, so what could be the reasons apart from uh, it being hormonal okay so um from a biological standpoint other than hormones uh you know lot of women uh, experience lot of discomfort um you know during breastfeeding i mean i know i did, did but like it was it was my my breasts were sore and it it was just a very uncomfortable experience a uh, lot of women also undergo episiotomy uh so the stitches can really hurt you know some women get hemorrhoids so some of these biological factors even if they are like external factors and they may heal they do contribute to ppd sleep deprivation is another very important factor mm-hmm. but what i would really like to talk about is um the psychological and social factors that actually cause ppd um so once the child is born you have this change in identity so you go from being an independent carefree woman to being a mother and adjusting to this new identity i think can be pretty daunting it's like you get a reality check the realization that your life now revolves around this baby and that hits you hard in your face like you cannot make impromptu plans with friends or you cannot go out on spontaneous vacations with your husband like everything revolves around the baby so this change in identity is definitely you know it plays a major role in ppd um and then you know uh, i'm sure a lot of women will relate with the body image issues you gain weight some women gain weight significantly and you know it affects your self confidence self esteem that is a contributor to ppd um you know and also you know especially for a first time mom i feel like you develop a picture in your head as to how the motherhood feels like and real life is nowhere close to that picture like i can say for myself you know when i was pregnant i was like okay i'm going to be this fashionista mom who's going to be in skinny jeans and i'll have everything under control i got this and you know life is of course not a bed of roses so it did not turn out that way nowhere close <laughs> think about motherhood as like this perfectly curated baby pictures the snuggles the intoxicating baby scent but what you really don't know is the dirty diapers sleepless nights and bleeding for days on end <laughs> oh yeah you know, when you speak about what your perception was i always thought oh i'm going to be a very cool mom you know i'm going to be the chill mm-hmm. mom cool mom but no <laughs> after that first night at home i freak out at every little I, oh i let him go hungry for so long you know i was not producing milk i didn't even give him formula until the next day mm-hmm. uh, that plays so heavily in my head even now mm-hmm. that uh, i'm far away from being a cool mom or a chill mom <laughs> so, I think I'm after Ari's life for every little thing. 
me and you both but see that's what i'm saying like mom guilt is no joke mom guilt is a dirty liar don't listen to that voice <laughs> in your head that tells you that you are not good enough or you are not adequate enough because that will just you know put you in a downward spiral mm-hmm. you're so right I, it never occurred to me the identity change that you spoke about first um, mm-hmm. you know it's something it, it's a very nice way to put it uh, that you know while you speak about your life changing etc it's so difficult when it actually has started like mm-hmm. right from day one you are uh, whether you're ready or not you're forced to become the adult you're forced to become right. to another helpless little human so yeah. yeah that's something that are not occurred to me yeah yeah like say for example right you're moving to a different country you have time to adapt so you have you take your own time adapting to different culture different languages different traditions same with marriages even if it is an arranged marriage you take your time adapting to the new family traditions you know the customs and what not but with motherhood you have no transition time it's like okay come on let's go mm-hmm. i know I- but tell me something is there a way we could have prevented it uh, i think you know social factors i feel like play a very important role and i feel like society as a whole has to change their perception as to how they look at new moms or what is the expectation of new moms mm-hmm. you know from the society there is so much pressure to be a certain way act a certain way mm-hmm. you know adapting quickly uh, you know just women are just supposed to adapt quickly mm-hmm. i think and even women it's not when i say society it's not just men it's women also you know so i feel like in general being more sensitive towards pregnant women and you know first time moms or even moms in general i think that will help you know mm-hmm. um like like we discussed earlier with the breastfeeding there is so much pressure like come on now i mean yeah i know breastfeed is amrit and all that but okay give that lady a break couldn't agree more also you know it's it's very annoying but you you constantly get unwanted advice and suggestions from people mm. and lot of those advice and suggestions are not put very nicely <laughs> yeah. um sometimes it's condescending or sometimes it may not even be condescending you may perceive it to be con- condescending because you're already sensitive like you said with the bottle thing you know mm-hmm. it might be a casual yeah. statement but because you're so sensitive you might feel like oh they are like kind of you know saying it in a more con- condescending yeah. way yeah yeah and i especially hated that those comments came from men believe oh me. my god they really need to shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, Tell me how long does it last? You said the baby blues last for around 2 weeks but uh, yes. if things are getting worse how long do they really last? So uh PPD can last anywhere from like you know 1 month to years honestly. There are women oh, who Oh wow. Yes yes especially if left untreated yes it can last for years. Um but if you seek treatment on time and you're compliant with treatment and following all the treatment recommendations uh, from my experience uh it takes up to 6 months to be back to your original self. Wow that's still a lot of time. That's half it a year and your body is probably still recovering. still recovering yes but you know again it depends on the severity of your ppd it depends on your own emotional resiliency because you know something like this is so subjective um if you are emotionally very resilient you will get better quickly um 
so you know it depends on a lot of factors if the severity is really bad where like you have like hallucinations and stuff of course it's going to take a longer time oh wow so you spoke about treatment what does what does the treatment comprise of so um from a psychological standpoint there is psychotherapy and um there is medication management which is done by mds the psychiatrists um they treat you with antidepressants psychotherapists mostly use a combination of what is called as cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. um and interpersonal therapy now cognitive behavioral therapy mostly focuses on ch- challenging your irrational thoughts because most nine out of 10 times during ppd you do have irrational thoughts about yourself being a bad mom and all that mm-hmm. so just challenging your irrational thoughts and you know kind of substituting it with like more of positive self affirmations and a more realistic and balanced world view mm-hmm. mm-hmm. wow yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's funny because you know some of the patients that i came across um it it especially this one lady it really struck me she said you know i feel invisible like like the society just expects you to prioritize your baby when you're barely mm-hmm. surviving and i just feel invisible like nobody cares about how i'm doing even when people ask me how i'm doing it's more like okay uh physically there were no complications right everything okay all right move on let's go so nobody takes the time to ask you how are you doing emotionally mm-hmm. and that really struck me yeah yeah that is so true uh Uh, you know even after uh, while i was about to deliver i was in my last few weeks of pregnancy you know my family and mm-hmm. friends they would just uh, say it in jest of course they used to say that oh now the baby's here you know nobody's going to bother about you people are all going to come to see only the baby um, mm-hmm. i was pregnant and i was happy so you know it really i really didn't mind but uh, mm-hmm. once the baby was here and uh, if people said it in jest and i wouldn't react at that point in time but it's somewhere you know stuck with me and mm-hmm. um, even even much before i got pregnant what uh, about I but would... what i would do is uh, if i'm going to meet a mother and a newborn i would always carry a gift for the mother always mm. because i knew whoever is coming would get lots of gifts for the baby but nobody's really going to get gifts for the mother and i used to do that's that that's very thoughtful that is very thoughtful yeah I did, and... yeah i didn't realize that one small action was probably doing so much for the mother at that point in time i didn't realize at all and uh, i still have people telling me that uh, oh you know wow this is the first time, first gift that someone's got for me otherwise everyone mm-hmm. just getting stuff for the baby so i went on a shopping spree and you know i told my husband this is what i want for myself you know uh, because i did the human miracle of delivering a baby something <laughs> that you would probably not be able to do at all uh, not probably most definitely not going to do at all in this lifetime and you know mm-hmm. i would just buy stuff for myself this is a gift for myself you know mm-hmm. i i used to do that and it actually made me feel however shallow it sounds it made me feel so much better i uh, you know give it to you yeah yeah so i mean you know there are a lot of factors uh one other thing that i just want to mention real quick is um that you know they say it takes a village to raise a child mm-hmm. well in this day and age you don't have a village um you know your nuclear families everybody is parenting in isolation without much help or very little help so you know in primitive societies where child rearing was a responsibility that was shouldered by 8 to 10 people now a woman is carrying out all those responsibilities on her own that is a lot of pressure especially in this pandemic situation you know it's it's hard it's really hard you know 
things like that can definitely take a toll on your mental health mm-hmm. uh kasi you know you are a therapist and you are meeting troubled people uh, every mm-hmm. day for a living right how right. uh when you come back home or you know you mm-hmm. detach yourself from work and you have to spend time with your baby and your husband and your family how mm-hmm. how do you detach yourself i mean you will be carrying the weight of all the troubles in the world right how how do you manage to do that yeah so self care is something that i you know really really believe in uh, you know ppd or not self care is very very important to me so i do certain things that help me to kind of detox mhm so um on my drive back home i blast my linkin park or whatever it is that i'm listening mm-hmm. and uh you know that helps me to kind of unwind from my day um i work out regularly you know that helps me to kind of let go of all of that negative energy that i'm carrying around you know um because of the profession that i'm in mm-hmm. um and doing some yoga um and you know just engaging in activities that i really like dancing engaging in activities that i really like to do helps me to kind of rejuvenate so self care is very important for everybody everybody put on your oxygen mask first you know when you go in flights uh, mm-hmm. the air hostess gives you a set of instructions on what you can do right. for emergency landing mm-hmm. one of the things that they say is put on your oxygen mask first and then on your child right hmm. i think that applies to all situations in your life put on your oxygen mask first if you are emotionally strong and emotionally resilient and emotionally stable then you will be able to take care of your child so you know do that wow that <laughs> very good advice <laughs> um i would like to add a couple of things i don't want to bore people with too much gyan but <laughs> you're but, a specialist you're allowed to give us gyan <laughs> but i just want to um kind of really go over quickly over risk factors people who are more susceptible to ppd like i said it can mm-hmm. really happen to anyone yeah. but some of the factors that make people more susceptible <clears throat> uh so if anybody experienced um an episode of depression in their life mm-hmm. or women who have a history of ppd in their previous pregnancies are more susceptible oh okay hmm yeah um and then there are some social factors like if you have lack of social support um if you are in an unhappy marriage um if the pregnancy was unplanned so if the pregnancy was unplanned but you go go through with it anyway you know sometimes that could you know be a risk factor mm-hmm. um women over 40 years uh women having multiple pregnancies like twins or triplets um oh. and then financial stresses of course you know people in lower socioeconomic groups are at a higher risk of uh, ppd mm-hmm. and um in my case actually the risk factor was um i already suffered from what is called as pmdd a uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder which is commonly known as pms you know how you have oh. your mood swings right before yeah. your period yeah. right Uh, yeah sometimes it gets pretty severe um but i already suffer from that every time before i have my period my husband says that i turn into arnab goswami where i just scream <laughs> for no reason <laughs> <laughs> so i already suffer from that so i think that made me more susceptible to P- uh, ppd um and one last thing that i would like to mention is that there's not much 
research done about it mm-hmm. but men can also suffer from ppd mm. oh wow that's news a little yeah, bit that about that news. please yes yes that is very new um, like i said there's not enough data or research that is done about it but they have enough evidence to prove that it does exist it is called ppnd which is paternal postnatal depression um it happens in men right after their wife or partner gives birth mm-hmm. and it manifests mostly in the form of anger rage violence working too much and alcoholism oh wow and what causes them all of this because they don't have the hormones raging through their body right right but um the men that uh they conducted the uh, experiment on it revealed that they had a significant drop in the testosterone levels mm-hmm. but why did it why the testosterone levels dropped is still unclear and they're unsure of it oh okay yeah very interesting right yes it's i didn't know such a thing could happen yeah it's it's a it's a very new thing oh wow probably because uh, i don't know in all of the cases was the mother very healthy and around or uh, was child care uh, all uh, all of child care responsibility did it fall on the father um yes that that the child care responsibility fell on the father and it mostly occurred in men whose partners were already suffering from ppd oh so it kind of spilled over to them as well yes yes mhm okay so uh, is it safe to assume that they were all very close and uh, it was a good solid marriage for them to feel uh, as closely I'm as not they sure i mean i i mean the research data does did not really get into that aspect mm-hmm. uh, but what they found was a correlation between the partner having ppd and um, the men developing uh, ppnd oh wow that that is very very interesting yeah so there's counseling available for them too right if they are oh yes absolutely yeah. absolutely mhm okay. okay all right yeah that's nice to know uh okay thank you cassie for doing this i am feeling so welcome. much better after just having a chat with you you know even after all these months i'm feeling just so much lighter after <laughs> speaking to you i'm just going to switch off recording and start video so we can go back to catching up yes yes mm-hmm. yeah.